We had crystal balls galore since the last time we recorded, and we're just a few days away from the beginning of the early signing period. We'll talk about that and some more transfer portal nuggets on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, since the last time we recorded Wednesday night, there has been a bevy of recruiting information that's come down the pipeline, in particular, focused on a couple high-priority targets for the Oklahoma Sooners. Let's start with Peyton Bowen, because now each of the three major recruiting sites have issued multiple predictions for the Oklahoma Sooners to land Peyton Bowen over the weekend, or Thursday it was first, you had the on three guys, Sam Spiegelman, Jerry Hamilton, providing their predictions. And then on Friday, Brandon Drum of OU Insiders at 247 Sports provided his crystal ball prediction. And then in the middle of the night, you thought we might not be watching Mr. Steve Wiltfong. Mr. Wiltfong dropped his flip prediction at about 107 a.m. Central Time for the Oklahoma Sooners. So, Josh. The writing is on the wall. It, it may as well be etched in stone at this point. Brent Venables was in Denton on Saturday for an official or an in-home visit with the Bowen family. So things are looking pretty promising there. And oh, by the way, Parker Thune tossed in a crystal ball on the 15th for Eli Bowen, yep. which is uh, Peyton's younger brother in the class of 2024, 5'9", 165-pound cornerback. So Parker Thune is... Very confident here that uh, Bowen squared is going to, before it's all said and done, wind up in Norman. And Mr. Wiltfong, if you thought that you could sneak a crystal ball by, he, he probably just was finally convinced at the turning of one day to another. But if you did think you could sneak it by, my friend, there are too many crimson and cream bots out there and OU crystal ball out there and rivals crystal ball out there. There's all these different Suter crystal ball services on social media. You're not sneaking one by anybody. Uh, everybody in Suterland knows as soon as one of these crystal balls comes down on one of the top targets, for the most part, the, the very dialed in crowd, right? There is, of course, still uh, a market out there that probably were informing, if you didn't know, that Peyton Bowen, there's all sorts of buzz that the crystal balls, the flips, we've t- been talking about this from Notre Dame to Oklahoma for a while. And what? I mean, some of the most powerful voices in both the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma recruiting landscape, John, but then just the, the national recruiting landscape are forecasting Bowen to flip from Notre Dame to Oklahoma, which we uh, we're getting close to this thing, right? I mean, early signing period starts on Wednesday. Yeah. At this late stage of the game, I have no doubt in my mind at this point that Peyton Bowen's going to be a sooner. You know, he's been committed to Notre Dame since January 1st of 2022. So 
you know, he, and then you look back at the crystal balls, they were put in the summer before the fall before that for Oklahoma to go and win this recruiting battle for a five-star player. It's huge. And let's not minimize that, right? Like it's, it's a very difficult thing to go and flip a kid from another power program. I mean, Notre Dame, maybe they're not the Notre Dame of your father's generation or your grandfather's generation, or for some of our, you know, more elder viewers, for your generation, like they're not the, the Notre Dame of the 70s and 80s. They've been good at times over the last 20 years, but it's been up and down at times for the, for the Fighting Irish. But there's still a program that draws, right? There's still one of those programs that moves the needle nationally. So to be able to win a recruiting battle and get a kid to flip his commitment from a program like that with a very enigmatic, young, you know, vibrant head coach, he's new to the program, but I think... A lot of people are very excited for what Marcus Freeman is going to do at Notre Dame. They didn't start the season great, but they finished really well. They finished the season really strong. And so to win that flip, man, that that says a lot and speaks a lot to the, the power of the recruiting ability of Brent Venables and his coaching staff, Jay Valai, Brandon Hall, Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, that crew, Ted Roof at linebacker, that crew, they know how to recruit the defensive side of the football. And it's becoming ever more clear that getting talent to Norman, especially on defense, is not going to be an issue for the Oklahoma Sooners. Doesn't feel like it. And obviously, all of this being prefaced by, sounds like that in-home visit went beautifully by the people that are in the know and aren't just reading the tea leaves out there, but again, are talking to the sources like, I don't know, maybe even from Peyton Bowen himself, right? or people very, very close to Peyton Bowen that uh, that he's about to flip from Notre Dame to Oklahoma. That being said, still needs to happen, right? We, we still need to, to see that actually transpire for Oklahoma. It feels like all the writing's on the wall. And uh, if that does happen, John, I mean, it's, it's massive. Sure, it's uh, a Notre Dame program that are they year in and year out, always finishing top three recruiting classes, top five recruiting classes. And is it your father or your grandfather's Notre Dame? Okay, well, maybe not. But like you said, there's a ton of optimism that Marcus Freeman is going to get them there. The uh, 2021 class for Notre Dame was number 10 overall. 2022, which uh, obviously Freeman came in late, coached the bowl game, closed there on that class, was number nine. And right now where uh, this class is, is number six nationally for Notre Dame, Oklahoma, a couple of spots below that in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. And with this, we did the math on this, with the understanding out there, folks, that if Peyton Bowen flips and Tassili Akana commits and both sign with Oklahoma, then where it stands right now, Oklahoma would finish at, John, what was the math we did? 296 point something? Yeah, 296.21. Uh, so that would be what the official class ranking would be for Oklahoma with those two signings. And well, number one, that's the, you know, I think the best class that Oklahoma's ever had. Right. I mean, haven't we uh, discussed that, but beyond that right now with the understanding, again, there's still shuffling to happen elsewhere for a program like Texas, Miami, LSU, who would occupy the three, four, five slots in the team rankings right now, that would leapfrog all of them and get Oklahoma number three nationally, John, in terms of this recruiting class. So for any, and look, I'll raise my hand. I am guilty to some degree. For any naysayers about the David Hicks, how did they not get that thing to work out? 
man, if you wind up with Bowen and you wind up with Akana and everything else that's already in this class as it's currently comprised, John, it's a whale of a recruiting class. And if Oklahoma's signing this type of class year after year after year and then can pluck the transfer portal here and there from maybe a blue chip defensive tackle that doesn't necessarily get the start that they like somewhere else, OU's going to be just fine in terms of having the type of talent on hand to go pursue and win national championships. Yeah, and it's, and it's going to take that. I mean, they've got to stack recruiting classes together. Uh, there have been a lot of comments on the YouTube side just talking about, hey, it's great one year, but they're going to have to do it for multiple years. But at some point, you got to start, right? you got to start with a top three class in year one. You know, this is Brent Middle's first full year to recruit. So what's he going to be able to do with two years to recruit in the 20, you know, look into the 2024 class. Things are looking great. Like there's no reason to have any doubt about what this team's going to be able to do on the recruiting trail. I mean, offensively, they're looking good too, even though some of their top recruits aren't offensive players. I mean, you still got Jackson Arnold. You still got Caden Green, Jaquay's Petaway, you know, Caleb Hicks. Like there's Dalen Smothers. There's a lot of really good players on the offensive side of the ball. It just so happens that now Oklahoma is, going to be more top heavy defensively at least in this class a lot of it due to brent venables and his you know his coaching staff but i think the offense will be just fine too and there there are folks that were kind of talking about how well maybe they aren't recruiting as well offensively well i think they're recruiting just as well offensively they just haven't had the top flight defensive recruits i looked back through the 247 sports database over the weekend there's only been one other time that they had three five-star recruits committed and signed to Oklahoma. That was the 2019 class, the Spencer Rattler, Theo Wee, or yeah, Theo Wee's Jaden Hazelwood class. There's, there was no other time where they had multiple defensive recruits that they got committed and signed. So that's already a big step forward in the start of the Brent Venables era. So give it, you know, even with more time to work on the 2024 class, I think this is going to be really, really good. We're going to have more to say about recruiting. We'll have some things to say about the transfer portal coming up. And, I mean, Maddie Williams, Oklahoma basketball, had a huge moment uh, on Sunday crossing the 2,000-point barrier. So we got to make sure we mention that, too, before we move on. But first, Josh is going to talk to you about LinkedIn. Well, and I think we should just talk about specifically, too, like what would Oklahoma be getting? if they get a Bowen and a Kana in this class. We could talk about just the excitement of stacking classes, but what are they getting? And then there's some news with uh, Jalen Redmond that, honestly, I think we kind of already knew, but uh, we sort of just, I guess, got confirmed. You don't want folks to make every new hire a high-stakes wager, right? You want to know that you are getting exactly who you want to hire. You want to be 100% certain that you're getting the, the proper candidate and that you have access to the most qualified candidates available. And guess guess where you need to go? Well, you need to go over to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you're watching along with us on YouTube, it's right there, linkedin.com slash college, where you can post your job for free. It's simple, folks. You just go on over there, add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And they've got simple tools, screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right set of skills and experience that you're zeroing in, honing in on, folks, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So head on over right now, linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Okay, 
what are the Sooners getting? It feels like, again, the writing is on the wall. I'm just waiting for, I mean, at this point, I mean, we're so close to the thing. I guess just signing day flip, right? Like, whatever. It just doesn't matter. Just flip and sign with Oklahoma, Mr. Bowen, before it's all said and done. But what would the Sooners be getting in Bowen and then and then Akana as well? When Bowen, I mean, they're getting a really athletic safety. Another guy that they can put back there like a Billy Bowman. So Billy Bowman, you saw his athleticism at play, a guy that can return kicks. Well, Peyton Bowen, he just won his district MVP award, not the defensive MVP award, the MVP award in the same district as Jackson Arnold. So if that doesn't tell you what an important player he was to Denton Geyer's uh, 2022 state semifinal run, I mean, that's pretty impressive in its own right. Like he's a, he's a really good cover player, but his returnability also provides another element that, I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, like, we got to see Oklahoma actually try to return kicks in 2022. And it was pretty nice at times. Like they made some big plays in the return game. Jaleel Farouk in particular, you add another dynamic returner uh, either as a kick returner or punt returner. And that just creates a whole nother element that uh, to your team that can help change games. So a guy that can, can go and get the football out of the air. He's got the athletic ability to go snatch it away from receivers and is going to be a sure tackler as well. I mean, there's a reason he's a five-star. He's a really good player, but he also provides both a strong defensive element and a special teams element as well. I'm watching the Connors highlights as we speak right here, as, as we're, you know, taping the show with you and man, what do I see on the tape? I see somebody that's good at setting the edge that understands what contain on the outside looks like from an edge rush position from a defensive end position. And then, man, I've got somebody that I'm looking at here who, first of all, is going to the all American bowl roster, right? He's part of the Polynesian bowl roster, but he's six, four, he's two twenty-five. He's going to add weight, John, uh, like, like most of these guys, right. That are signing in really any class, but uh, he, he's, he's got explosiveness off the perimeter he's got the ability to add weight to his frame and he can get to the quarterback in a hurry man and be disruptive and I like the wingspan as well that he has right to to get off of blockers at the point of uh, attack on the edge and then go make a sure tackle in the backfield so I love uh, the ability that I see just on tape watching to Kana. I can see why he's regarded as a blue chip type talent John and uh, to me Again, like a lot of these blue chip guys, just scratching the surface. You get them into the system with Oklahoma, add weight, uh, get them around Miguel Chavis and just Brent Vittables and the entirety of the staff. Looks like a talented add to me, right? Just another one to, to pair with everything that's already in this class from a defensive rush perspective. Yeah, Anaconda, you know, when he dropped his top 10 back in October, um, you know, which included Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Texas, like, you know, who's who of, of recruiting. Um, here's what I, here's what I saw when I watched Akana because I spent the time like you just did. Um, I thought he had great size, versatility along the edge. He's powerful, sets the edge in the running games, got good speed and agility, and he's got, he's just relentless in pursuit. Um, and his length allows him to wrap up ball carriers with ease. And I think that's the thing that is going to make him a dynamic player for the Oklahoma Sooners is not only is he really good, pass rusher but he's also a really really good run defender he's reliable and dependable and consistent as a run defender like he's going to set the edge he knows his responsibilities and he's going to make sure that he holds them up like so much about you know playing the run isn't just about 
you know, getting into the backfield and making the tackle for loss. A lot of it is just containment and being the guy that contains the run game so that it can be forced back inside. Your defensive tackles can clean it up or your linebackers can clean it up. He's really good at that. And his, his length allows him to do that. And again, with some pass rush development, you know, he's going to be able to use that length to an even greater degree, just being able to, you know, create a, you know, use a, a long arm move or, or add more versatility to his pass rush, pass rush set. I know that we still want to talk about Jalen Redmond. If you missed the news, he has opt out of the bowl game versus uh, Florida state, which he's declaring for the 2023 NFL draft. So wish him obviously the best of luck has had a ton of production in Norman and wish him a, a very, 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 very productive uh, professional future. And hopefully he gets, you know, drafted in a good spot. Let's talk more in detail about that in just a moment, John, I did want to drill deeper on this and you sort of touched on this. And my apologies for maybe not picking up on it, John, as you mentioned it, but the significance to pluck, if Oklahoma swings this thing on Peyton Bowen, to pluck a five-star talent away from Notre Dame, you were sort of touching, I think, the surface area of this. It feels like Oklahoma's been victim, right? They've been prey to this syndrome in the past, right? to where you thought you had, well, not too long ago, right? We're talking about David Hicks. I know he wasn't committed to Oklahoma, but to a lot of people, right, the day or a couple of days leading up into that thing, and again, in terms of sitting in the class and raising their hands saying, I'm guilty, I maybe led some people astray just based on what the kind of general consensus was out there, that David Hicks was about to commit to Oklahoma, and then lo and behold, it doesn't happen, right? Okay, so we've paid our price as Sooner fans, as Sooner media. You have paid your price, Oklahoma fans. The importance, what is it, John, to flip somebody like this away from Notre Dame? Look, I get it. It's not Alabama, right? It's not Georgia. So this isn't a Notre Dame program, like you said. It's not your grandpa's Notre Dame or your father's Notre Dame or whatever, right? But this is a big-time, blue-blood-type program that has a lot of juice with a a first-year head coach of its own in Marcus Freeman, and you're plucking, potentially, if this happens, a five-star away. I mean, that to win a war like that feels significant, John. It is. It's very significant. You know, Notre Dame, I mean, say what you want. They're a blue blood program. Like, they're part of the fabric of college football over the last 50, 60 years in the modern era. And you win a recruiting battle. Anytime you win a recruiting battle, it's huge. Like, how much did it suck when Texas flipped Colton Vasek? I mean, the writing kind of seemed to be on the wall. We kind of saw it coming, but it didn't, it didn't suck any less. Like we, I mean, I know there might have been Sooner fans out there that were kind of diminishing what, how good Vasek is or not. The dude's a good player. It sucks to lose a four-star edge with his kind of link. Like that sucks. This is how Notre Dame is feeling right now on Peyton Bowen, but even worse because he's a five-star player. Like, like that's how it feels. And we felt it over just the last few months. Uh, you know, the David Hicks thing that sucked too, because you thought everything was kind of leaning towards that. I even go back to like a Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, right? Like that was a guy, an, an Oklahoma legacy that you thought was a surefire commit and then didn't. You're like, well, what the crap? Like these highly coveted, very talented four or five star defenders Oklahoma can't get. You got one. And not only did you get one, you flipped one from a program like Notre Dame that's got a really strong history, especially at the defensive back position, at safety. They've done a really good job at putting safeties into the NFL. 
So to flip that, enjoy it. Bask in the glow of Flipmas as the the star at the top of the Flipmas tree goes glows bright during the early signing period as you're waking up on Wednesday morning and you're just running out to the living room to see what kind of presents Santa has brought for you or Brenta, uh, Coach Venables has brought on the early signing holiday. Just bask in the glow and enjoy it because we've suffered that too. We've been in Notre Dame's shoes. We've it's it's sucked to watch you know a very very talented player leave or flip his commitment to go to another class or you know be on the the precipice of getting a commitment from and losing or you know watching one of your you know really good players transfer out. We, we, we got to experience all of the emotions of all of that within the last year. Now you get to win one. Enjoy it. If Notre Dame fans want to be salty and sad, by all means, let them. But enjoy it. Just enjoy it because it's hard to win five-star recruiting battles, first of all. It's hard to flip five-stars, second of all. And to do that after a six-and-six season can't be understated. It really cannot be understated. So – I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. This is fantastic. And to add that onto what's already a really strong recruiting class. And then to add to Celia Connor behind it, who, if you were playing in Texas or California or Florida, maybe he'd be a five-star player, but coming out of the state of Utah, maybe it's just not because you know, the, the talent level may not be seen in the same light. Things are good. Life as an Oklahoma Sooner fan, especially a fan of recruiting things are really, really good and things are going to continue to stay good. And as we talked with Parker, when I asked him the question last week, what are the chances or maybe two weeks ago now, what are the chances that somebody that's committed right now doesn't sign with the Oklahoma Sooners? He didn't want to put it at a hundred percent because you can never be a hundred percent sure about anything when it comes to recruiting, but he had a really hard time getting to there. He had a really hard time not saying I'm 100% confident that this class is going to sign. So I think we can feel really, really good about where we're at. Jackson Arnold, PJ Adabare, Peyton Bowen, most likely. And then the rest of this class just looks fantastic, Josh. Coming up, we're going to talk about Jalen Redmond. Got, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Florida State. We'll start getting ready for the bowl game because, hey, we're not, what, we're 10 days away from the Cheez-It Bowl. So make sure you get your spicy, your hot and spicy Cheez-Its or get your white cheddar or your Parmesan, whichever one you like. Right now, Oklahoma is sitting at a minus eight and a half point underdog. Sorry, they're eight and a half point underdogs over at Bet Online, And probably a lot of this due to all the guys that have opted out of the bowl game. Not all that surprising. The guys going to the NFL aren't going to play in the bowl. It's just the way of the world. We don't really know yet on Marvin Mims. We don't really know yet what the future holds with Dylan Gabriel because he hasn't said. So who knows? We'll see what the future holds for the Oklahoma Sooners in 2023. But we got the cheese at bowl against Florida State coming. Going to be a tough battle. Bet online is the best place to bet on all your favorite sports from college football to the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball futures are, are going to be available for you over there as well. And at some point, we'll start getting Heisman, Heisman Trophy futures as well, which will probably have Caleb Williams as the odds-on favorite to win the 2023 Heisman. But you can go over there to Bet Online uh, and place all your bets. Again, the number one place to bet on all your favorite sports. It's fast. It's easy to use. Bet Online is where the game starts. 
All right, Josh. Jalen Redmond officially announces that he's going to opt out of the bowl game. Uh, he tied for the team lead in pressures this season. What's your What's your take on Jalen Redmond opting out? Well, obviously it makes it more challenging for Oklahoma to try and get pressure on Jordan Travis and to ultimately win this cheese at bowl. Makes it more difficult, right? It's going to be harder to beat Florida State without Jalen Redmond in the picture. Look, I get it. Uh, Captain no-brainer over here, but that's my sort of immediate reaction to it is for Oklahoma, it uh, obviously makes it more difficult to win the game surface level. Beyond that, you know, I, I've said, I think here with you plenty of times that anymore for bowl games, look, unless it's the college football playoff, which Jalen Redmond wouldn't be opting out, I don't think, of a college football playoff game, right? You know, if it's not a college football playoff game, then honestly, not a New Year's Six Bowl game, then to me it's almost – it's kind of exciting that we get to see maybe some different faces. And so uh, Jordan Kelly is who would have been, you know, listed there. Obviously, uh, Josh Ellison, we know that there's a, a different future there. He would have been uh, listed sort of in that spot as well. So really you're kind of looking at what? You're looking at maybe some more some more Kelvin Gilliam, some more Grayson Halton, which – to me, if uh, if that's the case, some, some more R. Mason Thomas on the outside. So to me, for Oklahoma, as we project into 2023, John, I, I get it. I've been saying it a lot over the last several weeks and month or whatever. I'm not falling into the trap completely, right? But look, if Grayson Holton or Kelvin Gilliam decide that they're going to go out there and make plays in this game and, and make several of those plays, Yes, absolutely, to a certain degree. Not maybe as much of a degree as I did last year with the Valero Alamo Bowl, but I will allow a little bit of hook, line, and sinker of excitement for next season. So wish him the best of luck, first and foremost, man. Obviously, uh, Jalen Redman at times had a challenging Oklahoma career. When you think about uh, the, the blood clot issue, the health issues that he had, opting out, and uh, just it felt like he was right on the precipice of kind of reaching that full potential and never really did necessarily at OU, but he was still an impact player and uh, what tied for the team lead with six and a half sacks, I think in, uh, in uh, the, I don't know, 2020, 2019 season, 2019, 20. Yeah. The year before COVID, excuse me, 2019 season. So just wish him the best of luck. I think he's got a bright uh, professional future. I don't know that he's, like, where do you think he's going to get drafted? Middle rounds? I probably see him as like a fifth or later guy. He just doesn't have the consistent production that, that you'd like to see. I mean, he's had some production. He's had some really good games. But, you know, the opting out during the COVID year, uh, the injury history might have some people, you know, kind of taken aback or, or cautious about, you know, spending a premium pick on him. But interior pass rush is hard to find in the NFL, and guys that can penetrate are really difficult to find. But I just look at a guy like Perrion Winfrey. You know, he had a little bit more buzz coming out last year. I thought he was going to get drafted higher. He didn't go to the fifth. So I think a guy like Jalen Redmond, probably you're looking at fifth or later. Um, and that's not to say he can't have a productive career. I mean, you have a lot of guys that get drafted in the fifth round or later that still find a way to make it in the NFL. It's It's tricky. And you got to be in a place that's willing to be patient, especially with a defensive tackle, because the transition to the NFL, I mean, just like it is from high school to college, the transition from college to the pros is, is tricky for defensive tackles because the physicality is better or is more. 
the offensive linemen you're facing are the cream of the crop. Like, yeah, they're a good offensive linemen in college, but you take all the offensive linemen and then you kind of smash them into, you know, 32 and kind of like basketball where, you know, those guys just last forever. Offensive linemen last forever too. So you're not seeing like a lot of job openings come available all the time because those guys sit around. So you're playing against, you know, all, all pro offensive linemen almost every single week or pro bowl offensive linemen almost every single week. So it's, it's, it'll be a tough test to you know get drafted, to make a team, but going to the senior bowl should help him because he's going to be able to get out in front of scouts, get out in front of, you know, GMs and coaches and kind of put what he can do on display. We've seen the senior bowl provide a lot of opportunity for a guy like, you know, Isaiah Thomas, like Isaiah Thomas went to the senior bowl, had a really good week. Jalen Redmond, sorry, not Jalen, Perry on Winfrey also had a really good week. It didn't help his draft status much, but I think that might've been due to some extenuating circumstances more. Maybe, who knows? But I think Jalen Redmond has the chance to kind of put himself into the draftable status. Hope it goes well. I do think the senior bowl, you know, maybe we're a little bit desensitized to the thing because you're right. You know, Perry on Winfrey, we're talking about guys. It, for those of you, most of you, I'm sure remember, but for those of, that have forgotten, talk about the senior bowl MVP. And it, it did not have the rocket ship in terms of the draft board that uh, really we thought it was. I mean, we kind of thought at the time, okay, well, this locks him into, you know, third round, probably in fourth round, you know, worst case. And then all of a sudden, boom. He, uh, you know, slides down the board and winds up being a fifth rounder. But I do think even, you know, with maybe that being very recent on the mind, huge, huge for Jalen Redmond, how well he performs uh, at the senior bowl. I think he's got a chance to impress some people and to show some GMs and teams that, yes, I'm someone that you want to draft and take a, you know, a, a like you said, fifth, sixth, seventh round type chance on. Uh, for Oklahoma, though, itself, John, for the bowl game itself, does uh, what, what does this mean for you versus Florida State? Give me as much Isaiah Coe as Isaiah Coe can handle. Like, I want to see all the snaps. Him, Grayson Halton, like, those are the two guys I feel like that that played significant or played snaps for the Oklahoma Sooners that you're going to be relying upon next year. Um, you need those two guys to, to have a really strong game and have a good performance. I haven't seen if Jeffrey Johnson's opting out or not. If he plays, that helps you, but – you know, your guys that are going to need to get pass rush from the interior, that's Isaiah Coe and that's uh, Grayson Halton. Um, maybe we'll see some Kelvin Gillian, but it's you're going to be young. You're going to be very young up front, um, in, especially on the interior. And I think that's an okay thing, like getting these guys some meaningful game reps. Even if it doesn't go great, that should help you at least give them some tape so they can start preparing for 2023. Um, that, that's really what I want to see, the Isaiah Coe in particular. One uh, other note, and maybe this is in expound upon in our next episode. I thought it was, you know, for all of the the NCAA screwed this up and, oh, my goodness, the transfer portal and name, image, likeness, and on and on and on. There's a lot of things in, in laissez-faire, right? They won't actually penalize any of the enticement portion of name, image, likeness. For all the things that the NCAA has gotten wrong, John, and it's not just those two. It's a long list. You know, Kansas uh, not really getting punished for basketball. It goes on and on and on. There's many things that have frustrated me, right, with the NCAA. I thought they got something right. The fact that, and I don't know that it's directly helping Oklahoma right now for this game or, you know, on the immediate future, but just in general, I think it's right that for this year's bowl games, the four-game limit 
that you would have to preserve your redshirt season. Basically, they've made it five for this bowl game. And I would encourage anybody that's with the NCAA, if we can share this clip, ignore the part where I bashed you two seconds ago. <laughs> ignore that portion and just cooler heads prevail here. This should be something that we do every season to yeah. combat the transfer portal a little bit, to combat just all of the bowl opt-outs and the shuffling of the deck that we do every single bowl season. This probably needs to be a way in the future where you do you do give that fifth game uh, for, for young people to play to where coaches don't have to John Phil press like, oh my goodness, can I, you know, trying to make both ends meet here where you save that one extra year of eligibility. Again, for all the things the NCAA has gotten wrong, I think they got this one right. Yeah, I mean, because you'd, you'd be deciding, okay, do I play Clayton Smith or not? You know, uh, I mean, some other guys, it, it didn't affect as much, but you know, what if a guy like, you know, Jaden Gibson was just kind of on the, on the verge, like, you know, one more game puts him over the, the red shirt threshold. We'd hate to use it on a, on a bowl game, but yeah, I, to me, it, it's, it's a glorified exhibition. Yes. You want to go win it. It does have ramifications on your record. So it matters. But when you don't have your full complement of starters and you're having to dig deep into the depth chart, it totally makes sense to not count it against the red shirt eligibility or, or count it towards eligibility. Just let it be a free one. Everybody that wants to play gets to play. Everybody that's healthy enough to play gets to play as far you know, as long as the coaches want them to play, but I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Totally agree. That's a great idea. Keep it. Keep making up good ideas. Keep bringing good ideas to the table. NCAA. We need you. So, I mean, or do we need you? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we need you or not for long term. but Hey, uh, so much to talk about. And again, Early signing period starts on Wednesday. We're going to have a few days of that. We'll talk more about recruiting as the next few days go along. I'm sure we'll hear more buzz in the transfer portal as well. So make sure you're tuned in and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're free and available on all platforms. Hit the subscribe button over on YouTube and the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Smash the like button. And hey, go over to Apple and leave a five-star review for us as well. We'd love to get your feedback and help others find out about the show. So thanks so much for being a part of Locked On Sooners. Don't forget about our live show on Monday night. Need to start uh pubbing that earlier in the show but uh make sure you're tuned in on the youtube side where we have our live show monday night 9 p.m central time on youtube come be a part of it be a part of the chat it's a great time all the folks in there have a really good time it's it's a really cordial group of people as well everybody's had just respectful and even appreciate uh, that even when we welcome in friends from you know not the the schooner or whatever we got had a tennessee fan in last week and it was great yeah, I mean, everybody is having a good time over there in the Locked On Sooners YouTube chat. So come by, subscribe to the show, and we'll see you then. But until then, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.